Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 54. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. Joined by co-host extraordinaire, the Canardian, Mark Carabin. Woohoo! How you doing? Things are good. It's like weight has been lifted off our collective shoulders Shoulders (laughs) and shoulders, I would say. Yeah, it's nice to not have anything to to really talk about every day except the new Bernie Sanders memes. Yeah, the uh, I've been loving those Bernie memes. Holy crap. I actually saw there's a little group chat with my wife's family that we have. And uh, her mother sent this like picture of birds. And it was just like. Uh, she was just sending it to like identify different birds that you can see in like a little game to play with kids and stuff. And uh, but I spent like five minutes looking at it trying to find the hidden Bernie Sanders, and that's how broken <laughs> my brain is now. And uh, there's no hidden Bernie Sanders or Birdie Sanders. Uh, it was just a picture oh. of birds. But I was just like, "Where's Where's Bernie?" And and that's I'm just broken, straight up just broken. But the horse is out of the hospital, so yeehaw. Absolutely. We are joined by a new friend that's joining us on the co-op couch this week, and that is musician and DLC soundtrack artist, Sean Madigan. Welcome, Sean. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you. We're very happy to have you on. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, DLC is one of the primary reasons why I got into podcasting, and I have bumpers on my other podcast because of basically inspired by your great bumper work that I love so much. It's fantastic. Are you asked to do that? Or do you just say, hey, I came up with this, guys, use it? Yeah, I've never asked. I think it's more of a, usually I think this will be funny sort of situation. And uh, I I definitely think I excel at uh, like 10 word songs. So it's a good fit. (laughs) That's awesome. It's very good. You always adapt those if they change or if they change their tune. So appreciate that. But um, Sean, when someone is new on our podcast, we like to know a little bit more about you. So we'd like to hear about your gaming geek origin. What made you turn into a gamer? Uh, My origin probably would be uh, my grandmother and my mom, actually. So my my grandmother, uh, I used to be at her house like all summer every year. And she would play uh, either Mario Brothers or Dr. Mario or uh, what was that one game? Uh, Solomon's Key. She oh, would yeah. play that nonstop. Uh, so uh, I would just watch Game her constantly. And, uh, and then we, we eventually like got that gifted to my family. My mom would just sit there and play uh, the McDonald's McKids game. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that that's pretty much how I got into it. And then uh, from there, too, my grandma would be super into computers and always get new computers. So we'd get those like secondhand, too, and that way I'd be able to play PC games. Your grandmother sounds like a badass. She's super right now, actually, into uh, every weekend she will go meet up at her sister's house with her other her three sisters. And they will play Red Dead like all next to each other with tiny TVs in front of them. And just, like, be playing Red Dead Online all weekend. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they're super into it. I'll try to get her to play something else. I think she just likes riding horses and being, like, in a Western. So she's stuck in that. That she, is she amazing. Went, she went past, what, Barbie Horse Adventures to write to Red Dead. <laughs> oh, definitely. That, and <laughs> she's playing uh, some Ice Truckers game. I, I gave her a steering wheel, and she was very excited about that. What's that one <laughs> new game? Is it Snow Gaming Runners Grandma. or something? Snow Runner, that's it, yeah. Yeah. God, people love that game. 
driving trucks and, and you know not dying so mark you're familiar with that i'm familiar with that sean you're you know i don't know if you get as much snow but minnesota uh, that's, right that's our life oh my goodness well that is cool i love to hear that it's it's always funny to hear people the the, the weird venues that gets people into gaming and rare, this is the first time i've heard someone's grandmother got them into mm-hmm. it so yeah there we go so mark uh loren has some work to do uh when she has grandkids right yeah, I guess uh, we. I, I have to get my mom playing video games so Finn can have like a cool gaming grandma. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much that's gonna work. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty badass. Awesome. Well, very cool. Um, well, before we get into the rest of the show, uh, very quickly, we had a hotline call, but uh, super fan Henry Nias has a question for us about a game called Gang Beasts. My name is Henry Nias, and do you have any good tips for Gang Beasts? Uh, we just found out that Sean is actually the Gang Beast champions of the world. So, Sean, <laughs> give us your hints and tips, buddy. No pressure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about uh, champion, but I, I uh, played a little bit with friends, and I, uh, I would definitely suggest with Gang Beasts getting uh, many of your like family or friends, whoever you can, right, right now at this in this time is like it's a hard thing to do, but it's definitely a fun game to have. Uh, people you love playing with you and just getting mad at each other and and messing around. This is a real suggestion, actually, to have Henry play with his grandma, maybe. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That sounds that sounds reasonable. All the family members. I haven't played the game, but I look at once I saw this question come in, I I started watching some clips on YouTube and stuff, and it seems like it's just an absolutely wacky game that you can't take too seriously because it seems like just random stuff happens all the time, which. I love, but I can also get super frustrated with sometimes playing those kind of games where it's just like, I want to be good at this game, but also here's some random thing and some crazy physics, something that's just throwing off everything. So uh, even though I haven't played it, I'm going to say try not to take it too seriously when you inevitably lose. (laughs) (laughs) And even if you win, like just, just, just try to have fun with it, right? Like just, um, it just doesn't seem like the kind of game that lends itself to like any type of strategy working long term. Uh, would I be right there, Sean? Just based oh, on, like I said, like YouTube, some YouTube clips and stuff. Yeah, I really, I, I want to try this game. It looks wacky. You'll definitely be trying to push your friend off the edge, and your hand just gets stuck, so you fall down. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Hoisted by your own petard. Oh my goodness. I, I Sean did send me like video of Henry playing this. Of course, he's like six inches away from the TV, jumping up and down, getting so excited about it. And that's the best thing. I'm like, it doesn't matter what size TV you, ha- you have. You go to the biggest TV in the world, a kid will be six inches away from it when they play games. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And Henry had another question. He didn't leave a voicemail for this one, but it was, is there an Xbox-like controller that basically is similar more similar to the 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 DualShock 4 or DualSense and I took that as more so the sticks than the features of the DualSense because those are pretty new features so I'm thinking the symmetrical sticks the only one I could find was one of those really high end like scuff controllers I think um mm-hmm. it's wired unfortunately but you can swap out the D-pad and the uh left stick and just swap them out but beyond that I I'm, I'm not aware of any yeah, I don't think so. I see. And when I hear that question, I'm thinking more of like those cool new features because I finally went hands on with a PlayStation 5, played a little bit of Astro's Playroom and 
holy crap, that controller is impressive. So uh, if if that's kind of like what Henry means here is, you know, the, the controller, the adaptive triggers and that like specific kind of rumble right now, I don't think Xbox has anything. And I think based on some surveys that they that they've sent out asking people like would you be interested in seeing a controller like this i think they're kind of in catch-up mode so i don't know if it'll be this year or next year but i think whether it's a new controller or the elite series 3 or something i think we're gonna see at least some adapt adaptive triggers and some new stuff with rumble trying to play catch-up um because the playstation 5 controller is like the evolution of the Joy-Con and the Pro Controller and the stuff that Nintendo has been doing with Rumble. And Xbox is still kind of like, well, you know, we kind of added some grips and stuff, but like <laughs> their controller is kind of like pretty much just a small step evolution that they've been going on since like the 360. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think that's one area where... The Xbox controller is my favorite controller still without those extra features and everything. Um, but I think the the feeling of like, this is new and shiny and exciting. Uh, they're kind of missing this generation, even though like legitimately that that's still my favorite controller. So um, Sean, how did you take this one when, when you heard that question? Uh, I definitely took it as the sticks as well. So yeah, I don't know that there is an option really. And uh, you mentioning the, the the Xbox Series X controller not being too much different. I will say, after playing with that, if I go back now to my Xbox One controller, it does feel like trash, <laughs> even though <laughs> yeah, it's barely sure. any different. It it's really just the, the grippiness. It yeah. does does it all for me. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, um, sure. I, I've had so many issues getting the Series S slash X controller to work on my PC that I've actually had to go back to the Xbox One controller on my PC because uh, I have had no connection issues with that controller, but on the new one, it drops connection completely. So it's really ruined that experience, which sucks. But um, but since I have a Series S and X now, I play there with that with that controller. There's something with the Series controller because it they they haven't or they they need to release a firmware update to make it even work with uh, like iOS devices. And like my Xbox One controllers work flawlessly. Apple TV, iPad my phone whatever i'm using like it's just here you go connect to it uh you you take a series controller and it's just like i don't know bro you're on your own like yeah. <laughs> it's like why isn't that working it should be just the same you'd think it just so there there is something janky going on with the series controller but um when you try to use it on any other device but so whatever whatever goblins are running around in that system it's it's kind of confusing but um Luckily, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a more premium feeling one, and the Xbox One controllers still work with everything else. But it is it is a weird hiccup to have where it is so similar. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still love the I love that just this, the Xbox controller just feels so good, but it does not feel revolutionary in any way yeah, uh, right no, now. No, so that actually gets a good transition point to what we've been playing. So Sean. You have been playing a lot of PS5, so yes. you've had lots of time with the DualSense. Um, so, and and you've really just been diving into these games. So, uh, quick take on the PS5 so far? Yeah. So, uh, the, speaking of the controller specifically, uh, you mentioned Astro's Playroom. I sort of played a little bit of that. By my my wife mostly did, and my kid was like going crazy about it because she would do the 
time time mission modes or whatever where it's you're trying to do the the level in a certain amount of time and it would count down three two one and she would die constantly and my kid was just like (laughs) counting down three two one over and over again he loved it (laughs) kept coming downstairs like hand us the controller but uh the game does not have any save slots so i couldn't make play my own game since she was on my account so i got a, a couple of the puzzle pieces but that really like shows off the controller to its fullest extent and the the rumble feels crazy like going from one surface to another and i didn't like in the ps4 the the microphone in the controller but in ps5 and in astro's play room it, it constantly has what like surface you're walking on coming out of the the speaker and it sounds great and i think that mm-hmm. oh sorry uh, i was gonna say the, the the sound i was impressed to your point, like how much that added to the experience, like you said, with the different surfaces. And I stopped, like my my brother got the PS5 and I, I was just playing that just very briefly. But I said, like, I don't know if it's the rumble that's really selling this or the sound or a combination of both. And I, I really think you need both because, yes, you could kind of feel different surfaces and different textures underneath your feet. But when you're walking on glass and it added that little tink, 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 or if you're walking on something heavier and it was like rustling, to me, it was that combination of like, yeah, they, they nailed this symmetry between really smart rumble like they did in Switch, but the Switch doesn't have that speaker. So I think... Like that's really selling me. So as someone with yeah. like more experience, yeah, that's you're you're kind of on the same. Yeah, I totally agree. And there. Switch too, I think it's only like the one uh, remote, so it's like half of the system is actually rumbling. Uh, but yeah, in Astro's Playroom, it, it really shows it off, and in, in the triggers as well. Uh, I there's so many sections where like you have to pop a balloon or something, so you're pulling the trigger a little bit, and then you have to pull it hard halfway, pretty much. Uh, it didn't like blow me away, but that pretty much exact scenario happens a lot, and it was pretty cool. But I will say, like besides Astro's Playroom, the the other two games I played, Bug Snacks and Spider Man, don't really do as much for it with the controller, not showing it off as much. Um, but uh, with Bug Snacks, like as soon as I got my PS5, that's for some reason the first game I played. <laughs> And I people kept talking about how like the ending was like shocking and dark for some reason. Like I was thinking like Twin Peaks in my head, like oh this is gonna be like this fun game that has this super dark undertone to it. But I didn't really find that. Uh, but as I played through the game, it just had so many fun mechanics and uh, just catching all of the the bug snacks was kind of hitting my like OCD brain where I just wanted to <laughs> get everything as soon as I got to a new area like collect everything I could as I went same thing with Spider-Man which I'll talk about but uh, as I played through it like the the story even though it wasn't like as crazy as I thought it was going to be it it was like a cool story that they had just kind of throughout the like missions in between as you went so it was a really good time I platinum that which was my first oh, wow. PlayStation platinum since I've never really had a PlayStation before Right. I've, Sean, I've owned every PlayStation. I've never gotten a Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to go to Bug Snacks then. Yeah, it was pretty easy actually. Need, yeah. Did either of you play Bug Snacks? I did. I played the intro. Um, I basically got to the island, just got started. But I, I just love it the fact that you're basically a reporter investigating. Uh, the bug snacks are very cute. The how the way you capture them, um, it's they look like Muppets. So it's kind mm-hmm. of it's in, but then they do the weird bug snacks, you know, growing the arms. It's just a, yeah. it's just a fun game, and I think it's a great way to, 
you know, it, it was very like Mark. I think you talked about the the whole memeiness of the game. The you know, is this like snakes on a plane, or is it going to be a big thing, or is it going to fall fall flat? And I think it's 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 not shut the world on fire, but it also didn't disappoint really anybody. Yeah, yeah. Just just saying, like hearing Sean say that he expected the or heard the story was a little bit darker. I'm like, there's a, there's a story to bug snacks. That's actually <laughs> engaging. That's, that's kind of awesome. Cause I, I, we did kind of speculate, like, is this going to just be like the meme game that no one ends up playing because it was like funny with a little song and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came out, it was like, is this going to have snakes on a plane syndrome, which is like, you know, it's funnier to meme it than it is to play. So it's really cool hearing that it's, it's actually pretty solid. Yeah, I definitely had a good time with it. Mark, uh, you have PS Plus, right? Uh, yes. Get it. Maybe it might have expired. Do you, do you, I, do you, I don't, still, okay. do you still right. get your PS Plus things when they come up, like the games? Uh, I haven't turned the PlayStation on in a bit. No, you can do it on your. You can <laughs> do it on the app or on your PC. Just I did the same thing with Xbox games. I don't think the app's downloaded, but all right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, just like if you're like I was lapsed with an Xbox, I would still get all the games with gold. So I own like 285 games with gold, just even Mm -hmm. when I wasn't completely like in Xbox land. But yeah, if you if you're subscribed, get them, and then you get it because I think Bug Snacks was free until this month, or maybe it's gone already. But still, yeah, it was ever gonna get a PlayStation? You have PlayStation, you know, you have a PlayStation. I might have, I might have grabbed it. I just haven't turned the PlayStation on since I'm, I'm very enthralled with uh, all the Xbox shenanigans. Uh, yeah, the app's saying to sign into PlayStation. I'm not gonna do that while we're recording live. <laughs> but you'll download Gang Beasts. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I that was a quick search because I know Game Pass is, is there and logged in and stop bugging me, Todd. <laughs> I'll bug snacks, bug you. Uh, so Spider-Man Miles Morales, I beat that, oh, wow, uh, a couple weeks ago. Love that game. Yeah, it was super fun. I, I've been playing it for probably like three days or something now, but and I, I'm not like barely anywhere in the story because I've just been like doing literally everything I can along the way for some reason. Just like I cannot stop. And yeah, it looks so beautiful, and it's I, I've had the the Xbox Series X for when it since when it came out, uh, and got like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Neither of those really like blew me away or even really made me excited about like next gen graphics. Uh, I guess because they're also on old gen. But Spider Man looks so good. It's like the the first game I've seen on next gen that really shows, and I think it's the first game I've played with ray tracing. So that's probably a good uh, reason why help. yeah but yeah it's just so so fun running around uh i love the combat in that game um and i i did try the the there's like the high fidelity mode that mm-hmm. has the ray tracing and then there's the performance mode or whatever it might be called that has mm-hmm. 60 frames per second and uh i switched over to that and didn't look any different really to me and uh i have like a fancier tv that has like the um automatic uh, refresh rate kind of thing and it's like what 120 hertz mm-hmm. but still didn't really notice any like difference like for having better frame rates but uh either way it looks really good um but yeah i've been playing that for hours pro tip nice. use the spider-verse suit and turn on the feature that basically makes it like you're playing in the spider-verse they change it changes the animation style the movement it also adds like uh, cloud uh, like a uh, word bubbles of like pow bang it is so awesome i just so did that yesterday and i that that movie is probably one of my favorite movies 
But as soon as I turned that on in the game, it just started making me sick. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> I was like, I it cannot does. do this. It's like 24 fa- frames per second or something like movie. Yeah. Like speed. Yeah. Um, and the you somebody recreated uh, the, the, the you know, that iconic uh, frame with miles kind of like diving in mm-hmm. the game itself. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I love how he, he does that whenever he swings around. Looks just like the, the movie as far as I can remember. What do you think of the soundtrack? Because I thought the soundtrack was fantastic and it really blended well with Miles. Yeah, for for the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's great. The same with the, the first Spider-Man uh, game. The, the music just uh, really has like that superhero feel and it, I feel like it gets stronger and more powerful like as you're getting into fights and just uh go mixes in with the like dialogue perfectly yeah when i think it's i think it's right when it it's like after the first mission miles is really i think it's right after he gets a spider suit from peter and it that one rap track comes on and this is like wow that is like cinematic beyond belief i feel like i'm watching the movie yeah and it really has its own feel to compare like to the first game because of that so sean you and i have both played probably the shortest game that we'll ever take to complete and that is the resident evil 8 maiden demo or is it resident evil village i don't know i'm <laughs> so confused it's got roman numerals in the letter i think that's why they did it somebody actually joked it says for so for resident evil 9 are they going to do like a helix or something like that where they can do the ix so i'm like i just wait to see what they do but um i'm assuming you beat it because it's like 15 minutes long yes i i think so i uh it 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 definitely shows as like a visual demo or whatever they're calling it, I mm-hmm. think, which is part of the reason I was able to force myself to play it. Because <laughs> like the the Resident Evil 7, I, I had to just watch my brother play it because I couldn't play it by myself. So uh, I knew going into this that there wasn't much or any combat. So I was able to make it through it. And I, it wasn't actually, actually as scary as I thought it was going to be. So I was happy about that. But it, it looks so good. Like I think the point of it is really to show mm-hmm. off how the the visuals look in the game and it really shows the you start out in a dungeon uh and move into the mansion i think which is going to be mostly where you are in the game and it just looks so pretty the sound got me i was wearing uh, the 3d pulse uh headsets that, that the playstation comes with i'm not sure if it was utilizing that 3d sound i'm assuming it did but your own footsteps freak you out you're oh, like is yeah, that definitely. me or is that somebody coming and it's just a really cool demo it definitely feels like um, the continuation of Resident Evil 7, the first-person perspective, uh, the kind of creepy, almost, you know, that different perspective really adds a lot to the the terror in a way, uh, because you can't see around you. Your 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 viewpoint is is really restrictive. But yeah, and this is essentially exclusive. Um, there's going to be another demo, I believe, but this is exclusive PS5. I'm not sure if this will go everywhere, but there's another demo coming. But this one is actually not actually in the game. So it's not going to ruin anything for you. You can play it and get a feel for it, but it's not like this is going to be something you repeat again. So I like that. I wonder, too, for this one, they will do what they did for Seven's demo, where it was similar, where it wasn't anything in the game, and there was like a dead finger you could find, and it didn't do anything, and then they updated it later where it actually did something. So there's something similar in this one where you find an item that doesn't really do anything. So I'm wondering where that's going to go. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I hope this actually goes broader, but obviously this was something exclusive to PlayStation 5 right now, so it's kind of nice to see the, the the visuals, and I believe this is launching PS4 first and Xbox 
first. And I'm going to talk about more about Resident Evil in the news section. But, uh, yeah, this is fun. Check it out if you have PS5. Definitely check it out, guys. And, and Sean, you've, played some, uh, you've got some other quick takes on some things. So, Watam is a game I kind of know, but the, the <laughs> name sounds familiar, but I don't know anything about it, really. Yeah, so uh, basically, since I, I haven't had a PlayStation device it, pretty much since the with PlayStation 2, so I I just went on, they had their holiday sale, and I went through and bought a bunch of stuff just to see if my kid would enjoy watching me play other things. So this one's like from the creator of Katamari Damacy and Nobi Nobi Boy. Mm-hmm. So it's super uh, interesting looking that I would think to a, to a child. So I, I saw like on the IGN review, they described it as a cross between like a children's show and an acid trip, which I think is pretty accurate. <laughs> So it's just everyone, all these characters, colorful and laughing constantly, but they just don't make any sense and everything's super weird. But uh, mm. you basically like start as one character and you do something that makes you become another character. Like you might plant a seed and then you become a tree out of that seed. There's a point where uh, a toilet shows up and you can use actually a, a mouth first, <laughs> then use the mouth to eat things to poop out like poop emojis, and then you use a toilet to flush the poop emojis. It's it's very weird. Uh, and I, I honestly sure, didn't yeah. find it that fun because it was uh, the tasks were just like get to the next person over and over again, uh, and it, it didn't it became repetitive pretty quickly. Uh, this sounds like a perfect game for kids. I mean, poop emojis, yeah. toilets, yeah. And Mark, who doesn't like acid <laughs> trips, really? I mean. And then the last game, Knights and Bikes. Don't like acid trips. Yeah, kids love acid trips, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Knights and Bikes. Uh, it's a Double Fine published game. I think it's probably like two years old, but uh, I don't think it was ever on Xbox. So, or maybe it was, but I didn't play it. But uh, I got that to again see if my kid would like watching it. Uh, he's like two and a half, so he can't play anything, but he can watch. Uh, but also, it's it's made for uh, co-op, so I thought I could play it with my wife, uh, and we did play it, and it was really fun. It was it's like a top-down kind of action adventure sort of game. We only got as far as each of your characters has, like, one thing they can do, like, kick puddles or throw a frisbee. Uh, but you're just doing puzzles, like, using those and discovering what the, the characters kind of have to offer. They have super unique personalities, and the presentation in the game is really cool with its uh, uh, humor, and the art looks really cool. But, yeah, I, I definitely recommend playing that, and I'm going to play it some more. It kind of reminds me of, like... I mean, they've made Costume Quest, which I really love that series. It's kind of, is it that same vein, or is it, it's not? Yeah, definitely. Is it? It's not turn-based. Not like, turn-based. Or, no. yeah. yeah, maybe more like like Zelda kind of thing, but oh, okay. not as much combat as that. It's more low-key. Like I don't think anything can hurt you, as far as I've gotten at least. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like the art style. It's very cool, almost like a uh, like a Bizarro Nickelodeon show or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, thank you. This is uh, it's always good to have some more stuff on our, our radar that I definitely was not on my radar. And, oh, yeah, and definitely. you know, Mark is Mark is too busy playing Xbox on his super elite console, where I'm just sitting <laughs> back and playing on my Series S. Oh well, Mark, you and I both played uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. We both got codes, so thank you again to Ubisoft yeah. Canada. They kick ass. Yeah, man. thank you. Yeah, the, the Ubisoft Canada has been been amazing. And, uh, and yeah, so thank you to them for, again, providing these review codes. And uh, I was so excited to get this code in particular. Not, not that I wasn't excited to get, like, other codes and stuff, but, like, Scott Pilgrim, 
I loved this game when it was originally out. I had it on 360. Uh, it was such a fun, old-school beat-em-up throwback that just felt so good, so right. Everything just, like, uh, it's just great. I, I just and, – and going back to it now, it was it was just the same. It was just felt like I, I had just played it the other day and was just jumping right back into an old favorite. So um, it's really good. I love this – like the franchise all around like Scott Pilgrim, but it, it works so well as a video game. But like the movie, books, whatever, um, I just – and Todd, I, I think I told you a bit of this story, but – um, I have a, a fun Scott Pilgrim story about getting lost in Toronto. And uh, so that, that's where this film and movie and franchise takes place in, in uh, downtown Canada land, Toronto. Uh, so I was there for I used to recruit for a university. So I was there doing some recruiting and I wasn't supposed to be there. They called me on, I think it was a Saturday night. I was supposed to go somewhere else for the next week. And I got a phone call. I was like, how soon can you be in Toronto? And I was like, I don't know, tomorrow, I guess. And they're like, cool, yeah, you're on this flight. Um, you're going to stay in this hotel and like do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, Meet me at the airport and give me a car, I guess. So uh, so I, I packed up and flew to Toronto and, uh, and like had this like weird like rudimentary kind of schedule kind of thing. But um, I learned a very important lesson of the difference between drive and street. And I can't remember the exact street that I was looking for, but I left one school and was like, hey, where's the next school? And they were like, I don't know, Alphabet Street. And I was like, cool. And I get out to my car and I typed in Alphabet Drive in the GPS. And I ended up going about half an hour in the wrong direction Ooh. and ended up at a strip club instead of a Catholic <laughs> high school. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, if I had a dollar for every time that happened when I was uh, trying to find a Catholic high school. Um, anyway, so uh, Destiny was a great student that I recruited. No, I'm just joking. I did not go into the strip club. Uh, I instead was like, I called some other people that I knew that were like doing the same kind of little recruitment tour, and was like, hey here's where I am. Where are you guys? And they're like, you are literally an hour away from where, <laughs> where you're supposed to be. Cause like I said, half hour in the wrong direction. So I was just like, you know what? Screw it. That's my last appointment for the day. I'm going to go to all the places where Scott Pilgrim was filmed around Toronto. And I spent the next couple of hours just driving around Toronto and being like, Hey, that was in the movie. Hey, that was in the movie. Um, and that was just That's like awesome. a fun kind of day. So like, yeah, I, I made the best of a bad situation uh, without even having to go into the strip club. So win-win. But uh, yeah, I could have gone uh, differently if you did, Mark. Just think about it. I know, yeah, I know. Like, uh, hey, kids, how I met your mother. Uh, I don't know. But no, it's uh, – <laughs> I've been just wa watching that show. So uh, that was um, – anyway, yeah, uh, no strip club for me, just uh, Scott Pilgrim touring. But um, yeah, playing this game not only brought back those memories, but also just like memories of playing this game on 360. And I just went back and watched the movie again. And uh, I have been absolutely loving Scott Pilgrim. If you're a fan of any kind of old school beat em up, uh, Double Dragon, Battletoads, whatever, just just get this game. Like it's it's so good. It's tough. It will absolutely hand your ass straight to you. Just. But if you can get a couple of friends, uh, just go through it together, and it's it's just so much fun. And it's so satisfying when you do beat a tough part. It is so good. So, uh, Todd, what's what's your experience? Any any strip clubs in your experience with Scott Pilgrim, or uh, 
You just you know, had to understand. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't think I've ever talked to a stripper about Scott Pilgrim, but maybe that's a good ticket line. <laughs> Wait, I, my wife would not approve of that, so let's not do that. Uh, maybe I'll tell Logan that's your, your, you know, he's 15, so you know he's got to learn somehow. Logan, you're gonna become a man. Talk about Scott Pilgrim when you go to your first strip club. Morning, if Henry's listening to this. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. sorry, yeah. Henry. Uh, that mean that's a, that's a place where you tear down wallpaper, a strip club. There we go. Yeah. You ask your dad all about it. Yeah. There you go. Um. No, Scott Pilgrim, man. I I remember. This is actually going back, Sean. I used to listen to the Totally Red Show, and they talked about Scott Pilgrim. It got me oh, into yeah. this. Got me into this comic book. I absolutely adored it. Uh, I believe there's a, a color version of the comic book out now too. Yeah. Absolutely adored it and, and just was all in on Scott Pilgrim. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then I played the game and I couldn't get past the first level. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's just really, it's, it's balls hard. And you do have to have uh, some, I think, co op. This game screams co op. It does have online co op, which I have not tried yet. And there's no cross play, which would be fantastic because I'd be like, hey, Mark carry your buddy Todd through this game. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but um, yeah. maybe I can convince Logan to play with me. That'd be great to do couch co-op. But yeah, it's a great that. game. I played actually all... I tried out all the modes. I didn't realize all, there were so many different modes, like a zombie There's mode. more than like one mode? mode. Mm-hmm. There's like a kickball mode, in a way, where you have to kick a ball and hit into people to kill them. And then yeah. you have to last so long. There's basically a just a, a, a boss rush mode. And there's apparently eight, eight or nine bosses, and this game has all of the extra characters that you might not have gotten the first time. And this game, unfortunately, is the original game is trapped on my PS3 account, which will never be seen again. So I'm glad this is out. And actually, this is like, um, I guess it's, uh, what is it, um, blanking on the name, that does the physical copies. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, like that's Limited, Limited Run, Run or game. one of those... Uh... Is it them or is it one of the other? Because there are well, other limited uh, run. similar companies. Yeah, okay. that's the only reason I haven't played the game yet. It's because I got the the fancy like hundred and fifty dollar one, and I'm waiting for that oh, to come in. Nice. <laughs> you think that's that when awesome. they they sold that to you, Sean, they'd be like, "Well, here's the digital code now." Yeah, You'll get you would think later, but I don't. I think it's gonna be months too before they actually even start shipping them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to wait someone, for it. That's, uh, I think it was the Nintendo Nostalgia Group. Someone was like, "Is this game good enough to buy it digitally right now, and wait for my my limited run yeah. copy to come in?" And I was like, "Oh, it's so good, but like, I don't know. You just spent so much money on that that one. Uh, that's that's tough to answer." Uh, although I have ten been... years, I can wait more. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you can't open the package and keep it mint. <laughs> oh no, I'll open it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's Scott Pilgrim is to get this on Switch because like. It seems like it's such a perfect game for that system, and and I love it on the Xbox Series X, and it plays really well. But like, I don't know for those old school games, I just I want it like on my Switch for some broken reason. Yeah. Well, I I got the Switch one too, so I my thought process is I could take it somewhere pretty easily once things are normal again. <laughs> but how will you yeah. get ray tracing on the Switch? Oh wait, it has no ray tracing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Scott Pilgrim 2 is yeah. like my probably my favorite property of anything. I have a kind of funny story too about uh, the movie. When I was in college, we used to get uh, free movie tickets all the time for like the the ones they'd give the press. They'd have a couple for the the school, and every single time we'd go to one, it would be completely packed, and you'd have to wait in line like two hours before the movie started to even be able to get in. But Scott Pilgrim, I went to literally no one else in the theater. It was just me. That like that's how hard it flopped and. It's been just crazy seeing how 
like much of a cult following it's gotten since then mm-hmm. and like with the the game i feel like what we loved it but a lot of people i think didn't know about it until it was gone and they're like oh now i'm into this <laughs> yeah that's yeah it's it's uh and i wonder if nintendo's onto something where it's like after you know uh, super mario 35 and the 3d all-star collection will be like super popular come yeah. april 1st uh maybe that's no mark away, that, that, but, uh, you know what i'm gonna have a mind wipe <laughs> on april 1st and that never oh, even happens. right we forget what mario is yeah um i'm so happy this game's back though yeah, yeah i'm super and, and, excited for it yeah so maybe we'll see more games that kind of like and I, i've talked about this you know xbox 360 games that were licensed are largely a big ga- gaping hole of things that don't mm-hmm. work on xbox one like, I want to play Lollipop Chainsaw, which that game, and you're like, Lollipop Chainsaw, it's, James Gunn made a damn game. That's a game he made, which is awesome, because James Gunn is fantastic, he makes all these things, but that's a game about a cheerleader who has her undead boyfriend next to her, and she kills zombies with a chainsaw. How awesome is that? Can you play it on Xbox One? You can't. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So that, that's what we're talking about, folks. Lollipop Chainsaw, Strip Clubs, and Scott this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Yeah, so Mark, you're back uh, into Mario 3D All Stars. Why? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I was trying to find something to play the other day, and uh, nothing on Xbox is really talking to me. And my my Joy-Con were next to me because we had been playing um, we've been playing Super Mario Kart uh, whatever for for uh, Bobby's thing, the the Nintendo Guru uh, fundraiser a couple of weekends ago. And uh, so I just picked up the Joy-Con and fired on my Switch and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to get into Galaxy because in the All-Star collection, I played Galaxy for like two seconds and was like, this is the most recent one I've played. I'm going to go back and play Sunshine and 64. And uh, playing Galaxy with the Joy-Con detached like you would with a Wii remote and nunchuck feels really good so if you've been ignoring this it, it also looks the best out of any of these um uh, i'm gonna say remakes but ports whatever <laughs> emulator kind of things um it looks really good it plays really well and i've been really loving playing through uh super mario galaxy so if for no other reason uh if you have the 3d all-star collection try it with those detached uh joy-con it it's it's really a good experience you can use the pointer to collect star bits rather than the touch screen in like handheld mode or just like flailing around with a pro controller uh it it feels really good so yeah it it was i'm happy that i i have gone back to that game and and kind of cuz i really fell off of it quickly and i was like yeah these are great emulator ports of games that i've played a hundred times so you know thumbs up but moving on but uh yeah i'm I'm really glad i went back i actually love holding uh, the last the, game the controllers like oh. that of my sides because i don't need to like <laughs> have them in front of me i just lay down on the couch like just like not even moving my limbs and just move my fingers <laughs> the way god intended yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> and i like i i liked playing that way when i first got my switch and i didn't have a pro controller yet but most of the time when I'm on a TV, I want that pro controller, especially with, you know, drifts a little bit more um, commonplace. But the, the two controllers I was playing with, I think, are the only controllers out of the six sets we have in my house uh, or <laughs> something ridiculous like that uh, that don't have any drift with them. So, um, yeah, 
it's 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 been a great experience. I'm I'm really really having fun with it. Uh, but the the downside to that is if I am playing in handheld, it feels so limited with the stupid touchscreen pointer controls and everything. And it's just like I don't want to play Galaxy any other way than on the TV with those split Joy-Con now. So it it's both made the experience infinitely better but also ruined every other experience <laughs> completely with this game so um take that as you will um yeah anyway the last game that i played it's funny that sean earlier mentioned that uh, that's your first platinum on the playstation because this next game was my first uh what a full trophy what do you call it on xbox Thou- it was uh, a thousand know, thousand achievements thousand one k whatever one k my gamer one k <laughs> yeah. Anyway, first first perfect achievement game that I've possibly ever gotten on Xbox, uh, certainly on my Series X. But that is Donut County, which is now on Game Pass. Uh, this is a game that I loved on iOS. Played through the whole thing on my iPad. It is a de- delightfully stupid experience with just the most off the wall weird humor. But uh, if you are a human trash panda like myself, you will probably enjoy this uh weird weird quirky little game uh it only took i'm gonna say an hour and a half two hours to beat maybe uh i had to go back for three achievements that were hidden to a hundred percent this whole thing uh which didn't take that much longer um it's it's so good just if you have game pass just get this this dumb little game if you don't have game pass Find it somewhere else. Pay for it. It is it is fantastic. Um, I'm so glad I went back though. It's it's great. Donut County is one of those those cases with Game Pass where a week ago or whatever I downloaded all those PlayStation games like I was talking about. I got that with that because uh, it was on sale, okay. and then Game Pass came like the next day. It's like dang yep. it, <laughs> it's the curse of Game Pass. <laughs> Or PS Plus. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It's like, if I'm going to buy this, it's going to be free next week. Um, is yeah. Donut County the game you don't want to share your children? Because essentially they'll turn the toilet into that thing. Will it flush? <laughs> so uh, Maybe. Finn's not quite that dexterous yet, but he, he has been crawling around. So I think the next step is throwing my keys in the toilet. That's how that works, right? You need a toilet lock, Marco. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's probably not a game I want to play around him, but otherwise, uh, even, even like my wife watched most of it and she was like, what is this game? And I was showing her like the little trashopedia entries of like anything that you collect. There's like little raccoon style descriptions of what those items are. And I was <laughs> like the, the seagull one broke me completely, which was like, uh, 99% of seagulls are criminals or something like that. It was just something completely <laughs> stupid. Uh, but it's just like all of the descriptions are just so good, and it's just everything about this game is just so weird. And I just I needed a laugh, and it was on Game Pass, and I just had to play it again. And the rest is history. Wow, man, That's we're just getting on all these awesome like opportunities: flushing in toilets, strip clubs. Yeah, we're just having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to get into something serious, gentlemen. Uh, this is about saving America. From that evil Soviet Union in the Cold War. And how do we do that? Yeah. With Robert Redford and taking on the commies and taking them down. 
yeah, I'm playing Cod Blops Cold War, guys. Uh, beat the game. Beat the beat the beat the campaign, gentlemen. I was playing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's once again dealing with that kind of Cold War era. You're taking on the Soviets. You've got this guy that's trying to sneak out nukes. It's it's kind of a mystery because you have to find this like kind of boogeyman in the Soviet Union. So you go on this basically this tangent through all the different parts of that you think that you're going to experience. Like there's a flashback to Vietnam. So what are they going to do? They're going to play some cl- uh, Clarence Clearwater Revival. You know. Fortunate son, those type of things. It feels like you're in the the thick. It's kind of what you would expect. They use a lot of those tropes. But man, they utilize the the DualSense 5 features in regards to the haptic feedback. The the, the trigger resistance is fantastic. And every gun feels really cool with it. So I think that's great that a major publisher like, you know, uh, Activision is doing this with. And I, I love that. I think the more publishers that get behind this, the more we'll get use of this, which is great. What makes this game unique for Call of Duty, it does have branching paths, and it has alternate um, ways you can go and revisit missions to underst- basically to find out other suspects. You get more evidence. You then can go on and hunt down suspects that are going to give you information to take down the big bads. And at the very end of the game, there is a branching path you can choose. And the cool part is... It allows you then to go back to an old save at right at that point and try it again. So I like that versus, you know, if you forgot, you don't get the experience. So I think it's well, really, really worth a try. The game is huge, though, if you download everything like the all of the multiplayer wars on everything is like 200 gigabytes. It's ridiculous. That's insane. Um, I think I told you this, that you actually have to download the campaign in three different bits. Yeah, it's dumb. And you don't know that until you're like, wait, the campaign isn't on the disc? No, it's not. So, wow. yeah, it's very weird. Welcome to the digital era where they make you download everything. Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, that's that's Call of Duty. I check it out. It's from Gamefly. Uh, last thing I've done is I played A Trial of Luna. That's Amazon's new streaming gaming service. It works on, I believe, the Fire, Fire Stick. It also works on any browser uh, that you have and allow you to use basically any Bluetooth controller to play the games. And basically they give you 30 or 40 games, $6 a month, play them anywhere. They're unlimited and uh, they keep adding games to the service. They also will have channels in the future, like the Ubisoft channel, which will be extra, but it basically opens up the library to all the Ubisoft games. So in a way, this is uh, doing something different than Stadia, where uh, at the entry level you get a whole library of games versus you're paying for the access at the highest uh, resolution and they give you a couple games a month. This is just Game Pass streaming, but with Amazon doing it and charging $6 a month. I had a pretty good experience. I thought it went pretty well. But I was also playing on a pretty good connection. I don't know how it would go if you played off your phone. If you'd like, you basically you tethered it and use it for your Wi-Fi service. But we're going to talk about paid services in the future. But Sean, say if your grandmother no longer had a gaming PC or a console, this would be excellent for her to say, "Hey, Grandma, all you need is a Bluetooth controller, and you can play on any type of device, uh, a tablet or whatever." So I don't know, Sean. Have you ever thought about? I mean, are you all at all interested in like a streaming service for gaming? Yeah, I think maybe I would be. Uh, I feel like it's hard to tell right now since I'm home all the time, as everyone is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, I'm not like uh, out and about where I think on your device it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, And then uh, I think all of us, we have like consoles or PCs where we can, when we are at home, uh, play on that. But I, I think it makes a lot of sense for, I don't know, the everyday person who doesn't own consoles that just 
it comes with like Luna's if it's on your Philips TV or whatever, and you just turn it on and it's like, oh, use whatever controller you have and you can start playing this really nice game that has ray tracing through your TV. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that's where it can make a lot of sense. Uh, but for me, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the thing that's made it make the most sense is you mentioned Ubisoft service with, uh, I, I think it works this way with, Stadia, I'm not sure about Luna, but where you can pay for Ubisoft's monthly service, and uh, you get that you get to play those games like on whatever, whatever you're playing it on, so like Xbox or or Stadia or possibly Luna. So that sounds better, where I only have to buy the game in one place or the service in this case, as opposed to uh, having to buy rebuy a game on my Xbox and then on Stadia or whatever so that I could play it when I'm not home. That doesn't sound great to me. You know, that's a great point about the Stadia. I didn't think about that because Stadia does have a free component of their service. It doesn't come with any games and it's a lower resolution. But the fact that you could play the Ubisoft catalog without having a device is kind of cool because the, I don't mm-hmm. think Ubisoft has their own streaming service yet. So, And for Ubisoft, it's like, hey, if somebody else wants to do the heavy lifting – We'll just have our games there, and that kind of makes sense. So there maybe is a place for this as I rethink yeah. about it. You know, it's not a one size fits all. So why not do this? And I, I was very excited about it in the case of uh, Xbox Series X, and I think regular X, or Xbox One as well at this point, where uh, I know they have X Cloud, but you also can stream directly from your console to yeah. a device. Which I tried though. I, I was like, oh, that'd be great if I'm if I'm again. It's not very often, but if I'm not home and want to keep playing, or if I'm outside and want to keep playing something I was playing like inside my house, but it didn't work that great. <laughs> there was a lot of lag, yeah. even though I was on Wi-Fi right up with the console. So that was a pretty big disappointment. And as uh, you mentioned earlier, um, with the Mark, you mentioned with the controller, I had to use. I tried to use my Xbox Series X controller. That didn't work. And then I went to use my old Xbox One controller. Also didn't work. Then I had to find oh, no, one that no. had the Bluetooth in it because that <laughs> wasn't made until a little while later. Oh, that's right. But I yeah. eventually found one out of my like eight Xbox controllers, a couple of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's just too much lag. Yeah, that's that's been my experience too. Is like you said, basically when I'm home, I'm home. There's consoles everywhere. There's so many choices, and the the time I'd want to use some sort of streaming service or casting service or whatever are usually the times when the Wi-Fi is not as good as it is home. So when I'm at the cottage or traveling somewhere like whatever, like when we can travel again, but like, you know, I've gone to my cottage a few times, uh, including this past weekend and the connection there is just not great. So it doesn't matter, you know, what I'm trying to do. It's just uh, whether it's, like you said, streaming something that's that's hardwired back at my house and should be giving a pretty good connection or, or, or grabbing something down from the cloud. Um, it, it's cool in theory, but the infrastructure for me personally isn't quite there uh, for where I want it to be, basically. So, uh, you know, bring bring me a, an unlimited 5G data plan in a couple of years and I can stream this to my phone when I'm down at the beach let's go but uh you know for right now it's it's just yeah i need something that's that's quick and and reliable i guess you guys do have data caps on your 5g up there don't you (laughs) i think mine might be. Uh, i i don't even 
I'm not sure about the 5G plans, honestly. I should ask my brother. He just got an iPhone 12 Pro, uh, which is, is 5G compatible. Uh, my 11 Pro is not, so I have not looked into the, any 5G plans. And, and work pays for my cell phone, so I, I don't look into data caps at all either. So, um, Mark, I, we saw you used all this ask. data to play Xbox. This What happened there? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad person to ask about data caps, but... Uh, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting thing in the next couple of years is is uh, you know 5G and and it, if it's capped and, and that kind of stuff. So um, it'd be definitely, I think this is setting the groundwork for the next few years. But I think right now it's a little ahead of its time in most cases. Yeah, and I think Amazon's in an interesting position because they have devices that you could they basically can do the uh the trojan horse for the service mm-hmm. and say oh your first month or with amazon prime now you get luna for free or a discount. yeah so yeah. they have a way to make this work that i think a lot of other companies uh really struggle with and i think where this is going to happen with a lot of these services it's going to be the entryway into a lot of asian markets where they have a great network but they aren't really interested in having consoles so I think mm-hmm. this is the way that Xbox and other places can really get an entry point in the, in those regions. But yeah, it's it's there if you can uh, try it out. I think they have open trials still, uh, and then they'll eventually. Uh, you know, I definitely recommend you try it first on your systems to see how well it works. And if you like it, and you know, hey, your kids six bucks a month and gives them something to do and not having to buy an, or share another console with them. Like my me and my son, <laughs> holy cow, that's why I got another Xbox because we were sharing a PC that didn't work very well. So try out. Luna and see if you like it, guys. Um, that moves us into the news section. Man, uh, it's really cool to talk about all these cool games. But we want to talk about what's happening in the world of <laughs> game, uh, like, you know, gaming news. And we've been away for two weeks, so some things have happened. So, Sean, uh, you're talk about a game that I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my story would be that a new Pokemon Snap is coming to the Switch on April 30th. It was announced. Uh, and, uh, like, Pokemon Snap was... Woo-hoo. Probably one of my favorite games was that when I was a kid. I was the one that would uh, take my cartridge to Blockbuster, stick it in the machine, print out my pictures of my Pokemons. Wow. So, yeah, it was a it was a, a one of my favorite games back then. And just be as I was talking earlier about uh, Bug Snacks, it's a very kind of similar thing where it's just uh, scratching my itch of like letting me get all the things, and it's pretty mellow in terms of uh, looks like it'll be the same where you're just kind of floating through the world and don't have to do a lot except for like kind of turn your head and uh, do the puzzles that may be there and catch them all. Yeah. Yeah. I I showed this game to my wife, this trailer and uh, she, she's not big on like the main Pokemon franchise, but I was like, do you ever play Pokemon snap? Like when we were kids, like back, back on the 64, I was like, did your brothers ever introduce you to that? And she was like, no, never heard of it not a clue she was like not really interested in pokemon i was like i think you're going to be interested in this one she's like well they're and she she thinks pokemon are cute but she's never gotten into the games and she was like i don't think so and i showed her the trailer and like halfway through the trailer she's like damn it i was like what's wrong <laughs> and she's like oh well, you're right and i don't like that as a precedent so uh anyway i think she she is going to be very interested in this game and i'm i can't wait to play it especially with her there that's it's going to be so much fun Okay, so I'm going to be the person that, like, I truly don't understand this. How is this a $60 game, guys? I, I just really – this is like a, a amusement park ride, right? Because you're on a track, and you're they said the puzzle is to get these animals to do things. I just fail to see how this is a $60 game. I could see this being a $10 mobile app. 
how, yeah, I don't how can you put you. a price on taking pictures of Pokemon? Well, <laughs> Nintendo can. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. In the world of Pokemon Go, where you can literally take a picture with any Pokemon in the real world using AR and, and whatever, uh, does feel a little weird, especially if this game is kind of as, as short and contained as the original, I guess. Uh, so I, I'm hoping it's it's quite expanded and and uh, and a little bit more diverse, I guess. But um, I yeah, I I do I, I know where you're coming from. This is like they're charging sixty dollars for a photo mode. Sorry, I mean considering <laughs> photo mode is now a thing, right? And there's no camera actually in the Switch anymore. So yeah, it seems like this would have been perfect. It was like an AR game, and the ca- Switch had a camera, right? And you could see through it, and you, it would be wow, I catching Pokemon in the wild like Pokemon Go. And yeah, I I just I just don't understand this. A lot of these Nintendo things, I I, I just I guess there's something there. I'm just that old guy. My son saw it. He's like, I understand it either, Dad. So at least I'm not alone. <laughs> it just It's one of those things. But I do remember the blockbuster kiosk, kiosks for this game, yeah. right? So that's that's really where I remember this game. Like, okay, it's a thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with, like, I, I do hope it is a, a bigger game than we probably expect. And Nintendo is definitely not shy to wait from putting games out for $60 that don't have much, like... Mario Tennis is probably one of my favorite Switch games and is amazing, but there's barely anything in that game for being $60. Yeah, yeah for sure. S- so, slight sidetrack, Sean, I have to ask, uh, what is your favorite mainline Pokemon game? Uh, like, generation. Yeah, definitely the first one, which is the only one I've honestly really ever gotten. I've tried to play, like, every one since then, and I'll, I'll stop after, like, I don't know, at most, like, 10 hours. I just... It's not the same. <laughs> what what's your starter? Uh definitely always Charmander, which I later Hell learned was the yes. hard one, but yeah, who's the yeah. coolest? BFFs instantly. Uh <laughs> always fire, always fire for sure. But uh yeah, Charmander. Absolutely. Got got to uh, turn into a dragon. Yeah. So Damn I'm really of, I'm really offended. Mark has never asked me who my starting Pokémon is. I thought you were like anti-Pokémon. What's your starter Pokémon then, Todd? Crepamon. <laughs> Crepazor, I don't know. Just kidding. No, no, I, I no. I liked I liked the, the Pokemon movie. And I used to watch the Pokemon anime. There you go. That's about okay. as far as I right. I, I would have believed that your... that was really a Pokemon because I, I have no Cre- idea at this point. Yeah. Well there, I mean there is like a garbage like a trash bag Pokemon. Like it's a literal bag of garbage that's a Pokemon. So um that Mark, I am I, not I surprised, surprised by that at all. There's a garbage yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. It's absolutely it is act an actual trash bag. Um yeah, that's that's fine. But you know what we'll, would be awesome, Todd, we'll, we'll have a Pokemon episode soon. Oh I I hope we do. But you know what would be yeah. awesome, Mark? If somebody created a headset that you could catch them all with. Oh, that would be interesting. Uh, however, seems like that's a lofty ambition. Or is it? Uh, apparently, Apple is working on an AR, VR headset kind of thing. Uh, apparently, the first one is going to be a more traditional VR headset. Uh, they're still working on uh, – this has been rumored for a while – uh, like Apple glasses, which would be more of an AR type thing, which I think would would lead itself into more Pokemon Go style. Like, you know, it was on your phone and now it's in your eyeballs. Here's Pokemon Go 2. Uh, but th- this one's going to be VR. Uh, 
evidently they're aiming for very high. Um, so it's going to be kind of like the Oculus Quest, but it's going to be like the fanciest version of it, which is uh, crazy. Um, but not not out of the ordinary for Apple, I suppose. Uh, if if you you know follow what their stuff is, um, you know they'll they'll release headphones and stuff that it's like why would you price them like that but people buy them anyway um so apple's been acquiring companies for years vr companies uh holographic companies ar companies and uh yeah apparently sooner rather than later we're going to see this vr headset and again it's going to be um they they want this to be like the top end of of headsets so that i i really don't think this is going to be like a mass consumer product i think they're going to go pretty niche with this one it's going to be very expensive uh i think they're going to let oculus quest do its thing of being like this is the vr for everyone and apple's going to price this one where it's going to be kind of similar to like a mac pro where they might sell one a day and they're happy with that and that's cool for now and they're learning some lessons but um personally i mean at that kind of price point like i've been going back and forth on the price of oculus quest like so this one's not going to be super appealing to me but um i'm i'm kind of interested to see what apple does in the space because they've been trying to get more into gaming recently and they have had some stuff where they're like yeah the new iMac is awesome or the iMac Pro I think uh when they revealed that they they were like this is going to be awesome for VR and then they never kind of mentioned it again <laughs> and uh just so so when that kind of stuff happens and whether it's uh you know other companies kind of dropping the ball or Apple dropping the ball uh but I I find like if you follow Apple for a while when that kind of stuff happens and it's like, yeah, you can, you know, plug in your HTC Vive and it's going to be really good or whatever, your Oculus or this or that. Um, and then the support's not there on the software side. Apple in the past has been pretty good to be like, well, you know what? Screw it. We have Apple Arcade now. Uh, we're going to add VR titles to the Apple Arcade thing and it's going to work on this headset. Day one, you're going to have access to 100 games and here you go. Uh, or very cool experiences. But uh, I'm more looking forward to what they do in AR. Cause I think that's kind of a more of an interesting space that hasn't been explored yet, but um, yeah, should be kind of interesting to see what they do with VR. And if these rumors are true, I would love to see them do, you know, Apple VR and Apple VR pro where one's priced kind of like normally. <laughs> and then the other one could be the pro level uh, or whatever, but uh, we'll see. What do you guys think of, of this, uh, this rumor? I, I have uh, kind of no hope for AR at this point, so it's not super exciting for me. <laughs> I feel like it's it's never really... People have tried so many different things with AR, like games or, I don't know, putting your IKEA furniture in places and whatever it may be, looking through your phone to look at things with Pokemon. But I don't feel like any of them have ever really made the experience any better, except for maybe putting your IKEA furniture in, in your room. That, that might be the only good <laughs> use of AR. Uh, but yeah. I love VR. I, I have a Vive and ha have had the OG Vive, so that mm -hmm. might be cool. Like if if it can compete with the Quest and just use your phone, maybe I don't know how the price point will actually come out. But if it somehow was around the same or cheaper but better, 
it could be cool, uh, but I don't know. I don't I don't know if I trust Apple anymore. Like uh, I've I've not been super excited by them at this point. It's interesting because who I think did AR really in a fun way was when Nintendo did the 3DS and their mm-hmm. AR and they have those AR games. And it kind of like they gave it a, a very limp try because they didn't really expand upon it. And then the Switch came out and it didn't even have a camera. And I'm like, I guess they've given up on AR because that would have been the perfect, you know, it's on the go and you can do something fun things with it. And I think that would have been perfect, especially mm-hmm. like doing like Pokemon Go, like a companion piece to it. So, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. And, and it'll be interesting, especially with no Apple stores being even open. I mean, yeah. AR, VR, whatever. You have to try it to really Absolutely. understand it. Yeah. And with without that, I just think it's a hard thing to explain. I mean, selling a watch, a phone, whatever. Uh, but I mean, uh, you know, if Apple finds an interesting way to go, and I, I always said this, and I and I've always said, you know, VR can do some different things, AR can do some different things. But Mark, remember we talked about that uh, game I wanted to make? It was like what Handyman VR or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so I'm like, if they could teach me how to do, like do home repairs, or Sean, you mentioned mm-hmm. woodworking for yourself. If they could teach me how to do that type of thing in an AR environment, so I don't screw up, and they, I actually learn a valuable skill. I think there's an interesting market there, kind of like mm-hmm. why Oculus got into Facebook or Facebook got into Oculus. I think it's really bridging the gap between being antisocial and social, or doing different things, and. If, if anybody's going to make it work, it's going to be Apple or Nintendo. I really do. Yeah. But, yeah, to this point, if they're going to make it a premium experience, and I think they even said we're only going to sell one per week per store, I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's wow. crazy, and I don't know how you get there. So I don't know. Maybe they just go the uh, ultra-exclusive route, like their, their – what is it, the Mac Mac Tower or whatever, Mark, that's like yeah, $7,000? Yeah, that's what I mentioned. Yeah, the Mac, yeah. The Mac Pro. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's basically if they're selling one per week per store, that is exactly – the same pace that they sell the Mac Pros. Uh, so, yeah, I again, I'm I'm not super high on this being like a consumer product for everyone. Um, on the on the AR front, they are doing some stuff that makes it more interesting to me with uh, lidar being first on the iPad Pro and now on the new uh, the new phones. Um, and if if you haven't used lidar before uh you might not get how much it can change ar but it it is a game changer for that kind of realm and and throwing it right now like the ipad pro that i'm using um you know has lidar and i've used a couple of little apps and stuff but for the most part like there's nothing been really delivered on it but i think they're really using that as a test bed and a developer tool to be like yeah when you when you point your camera at uh, a service if you've used ar on any other device you know, you have to move it around and it kind of tries to get how big something is or how close it is to you. With LiDAR, it's pretty much just instant. You point it at something, it knows the distance, it knows the size, it knows the shape, it knows where it is in a 3D realm and can really map a full room very, very accurately. So it doesn't take too long to think of how that can be utilized for an AR headset uh, or even utilized in the VR space. So with those kind of technologies in the phones uh, and and iPads and whatever, it's that that's the kind of stuff that's making me really excited for what they and we've seen that in VR headsets before. When I think it's is it the Quest Two that you can kind of step out and you kind of see the real world 
uh, if you step out yeah, of the box so. that yes. you draw, right? Yep, it does. Yeah, it's um, a black and white camera that shows you your, your real yeah. world. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. So, so that kind of stuff, uh, you can easily kind of see um, that kind of thing being integrated into this headset. But uh, I think the next few years are going to be really interesting in both VR and AR. So uh, that that's what's exciting me about this story. Um, there's one more story that I wanted to talk about, but we covered it a bit on Holocron Chronicles. So I'm going to say go listen to the last episode and then go listen to the next episode because we'll be covering all the Star Wars stuff there. But uh, basically, Lucasfilm Games is now a thing. They're making a new Star Wars game. They're making a new Indiana Jones game. Um, and it's it's very exciting if you're a Star Wars nerd. And also, very recently, they're making apparently a Knights of the Old Republic game reportedly in development without EA and Bioware. Very quickly, what do you guys think about all of that? I'm I'm mainly excited for EA not to have the exclusive rights anymore since they did <laughs> kind of take so long to get a few games out there. The few games they did put out were really good, but uh, I'm excited to see other companies kind of take control and see what they can do, uh, especially sure. the Indiana Jones game. I don't have a big affinity for Indiana Jones, but I think Machine Games, that's who's doing it right. Yep. They could do yeah. a really good job with that. You know, I, I love killing Nazis, and BJ Blaskowitz did such a good job doing it in Indiana, <laughs> you know? He's a little more stylish in his killing of Nazis, so I think that it's a great combination there. Um, but to the uh, KOTOR, um, I, I have KOTOR. I've tried KOTOR a couple different times when it beyond when it first launched, and I've struggled with that game. It's it's uh, Sean Capri was actually just playing that game, and I'm like, it's... The story's fantastic, but I feel it's like a game that's kind of weighted down by its systems, and it's kind of uh, antiquated in a way in regards to the way you interact in, in battle and things like that. So, um, And because we got Machine Games making it in Indiana Jones, this kind of leads me to the fact that, you know, would they go to Obsidian, who made Kodor mm-hmm. 2, and say, hey, Obsidian, when you're not done, you know, when you're not busy doing 85 other things, would you want to make either remake the Kotor games um or would you want to make a third kotor game and then play around with that license because disney likes to play with people they know and uh, microsoft has been a good partner with them in the past and they know mm-hmm. the licenses so that would make sense but i think i think it's perfect i think really is cool. a great license it's an area they can play with and they don't have to worry about it interacting with their their new movies and their new tr- tv content and the yeah. new content too uh, kotor i've never played i know people love it but uh, I am excited about it just because of the Star Wars has been de- deeping, diving pretty deep into the High Republic kind of new mm-hmm. setting. So that could be really cool to just finally see uh, a new uh, time period in the Star Wars universe and not have to worry about like tying into this existing lore as much. Yeah, that's and a good I, point. Like, I. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited for uh, just the canon ramifications of a new uh, KOTOR game. Um, You know, what are they going to be bringing forward from the old games? Like, Todd, you said if this is a a sequel, then instantly all that stuff is is pushed into canon. Uh, If this is a new or a remake or something, will they be kind of canonizing the entire story. So it's, it's very exciting uh, again for, for Holocron Chronicle stuff. We'll be speculating on the next episode, but that show is all about star Wars canon. So if you haven't been listening, check it out bi-weekly with, uh, with Charlie and I, 
uh, right here on the Secret Friends main feed, or we have our solo feed as well. So that's my little plug for that. But uh, we'll be kind of watching that story as it develops. Todd, what do you have for us? Well, I just have one comment. Mark, does Charlie let you talk about video games on um, the Holocron Chronicles? Clearly, you didn't listen to the last episode because yes, yes, he does. Well, he Lego, Lego, yes, <laughs> Lego, yes. But no, you know, we talked about the whole Lucasfilms game oh, thing on the last episode. Uh, obviously, the Kotor news is brand new, so we'll be talking about that next week. But uh, yeah, Charlie is. Uh, as, here's the thing: as long as it's canon, Charlie's all game for it. So if I can cover some video game stuff that's being added to the canon, yeah. Charlie's like you know talk about it let's let's get it in there because uh that's that's what the show is all about so that's my way of sneaking that stuff in and perfect, uh, perfect. he was the one that pitched it last time i was so impressed because uh, i thought i'd have to fight and he was just like no let's talk about it this is exciting i was like what the who is this Why, who is that <laughs> what have you and done sean, with charlie sean yeah. just to give you a little background uh, charlie's my co-host on my geek media podcast we were college roommates he hates video games so i can never bring up video games <laughs> on that podcast that's why i created this podcast and the fact that mark's got an in man oh man but yeah and, yep. and and actually one last point a lot of the people that were bioware when kotor was made have long left bioware so mm-hmm. there's likely those people that were behind that game are available to come in and develop again yeah very exciting stuff yeah so we talked about the re8 village game uh they had their event a lot of people were disappointed resident evil's 25th anniversary we thought we we're gonna get all this new news and essentially we just got resident evil village we got a release date all the different versions it's going to come out on current generation with next gen patches uh there's some exclusive uh limited edition versions and there's also going to be a new resident evil multiplayer game which they've never succeeded with a multiplayer resident evil mode they've tried it's just never worked out there was like the last one with the director and it just it just failed um so we thought that we were going to get the next resident evil remake and they're silent but we're hearing rumors about potentially what's going to happen next so they've been doing this like main core like seven and eight storyline and then they remake the, the previous games and so as of right now resident evil one kind of got a remake back in the day on the gamecube uh resident mm-hmm. evil 2 resident evil 3 got remakes so people are wondering what's next and people are like well it's resident evil 4 well i'm like hold on now there was a little game called resident evil code veronica that came out mm-hmm. on the dreamcast on playstation 2 as well and that game has not aged well and it's it's been updated for like a HD port that's not bad. So it's like at this point I'm like, well, what should they do? So, gentlemen, I'm not sure your experience with Resident Evil, uh, what you like, what you don't like, but I have never really played more than a little bit of Code Veronica, but I loved four. But I'm all in on a Code Veronica if they can update it and make it really cool like the RE2 and RE3 games. Yeah, I don't yeah, have I, much experience with that game. So. Yeah, I don't have much experience with either. Honestly, I uh, I watched some friends play uh, Code Veronica when I was younger, uh, and four my friends all loved, and I didn't play a whole lot of it, but I could see uh, them not being very happy about uh, making a remake of it since I, I know people love it as is already, and it's it it broke the mold so much from the previous games that I I don't know if people will. It will be well received as well as the other ones have. So, Todd, would that mean in two years we'll get Resident Evil Zero remake? 
You know, I don't know. That game was not highly regarded <laughs> whatsoever. I actually just bought that because I had like a $5 credit from Xbox for some reason. I bought Zero on the sale that's going on right now. I'm like, I'm going to give that game a try because um, I love the core series, Resident Evil. But I'll tell you, uh, Zero is a, a, is a, is a gap uh, that I have with Resident Evil, along with Six. I played a little bit of Six, but I know it's the worst, one of the worst modern games. But I, I'm like, should I just go back and try it? Is it just a really bad idea? I mean, so I, I honestly I didn't love... even know that was out for like Xbox or anything. Oh, yeah. They have like a, a three like a Resident Evil four, five and six is in a collection on Switch, really? on PS4, Xbox One. So you can still get those. I think it's like 23 bucks for the whole collection. But um, I loved four. Yeah. That was one of the main reasons I got my GameCube. Yeah. I'm like that game is insane. I loved it. So and that's and before it's... I played zero as well. I didn't realize it went elsewhere. That's oh, interesting. yeah. Yeah. And so those are available uh, four has got an HD port now, so Sean, mm-hmm. you could give it a try on maybe the Switch or with with kind of like those pointer controls, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Resident Evil Four was to, it was to your point, Sean, it was a divergent. It kind of reinvigorated that series, and a lot of people love it and have played it a million times. But it's on every stinking system right now, so there's no lack of Resident Evil Four availability. But Code Veronica. Yeah. I think is only available like in a crappy version that nobody really put any time and effort into it. But apparently there are reports though, the resident evil four remake has had some issues. It's delayed. So if these rumors are apparently true, we will not see uh, a resident evil four remake until 2023, which is two years away. So that's been a, a, a gap from uh traditional with resident evil. We've had like one a year. So that would be a big, uh big gap. And uh, maybe they plug it in with a, uh, Code Veronica remake, but I can't wait. You should stay Excellent. away from six because it's just trash. <laughs> yeah, they went, they went like full on commando, like over the top Arnold Schwarzenegger like things to make a really bad game. But I like five. Yes, I was. I loved five. Yeah. Yeah. Good co-op. Good co-op. Oh, well. Well, So, uh, you know, let us know, folks, what you're thinking about with an RE uh, series. What do you want next? Maybe they'll bring out one of those really bad. You remember all those Wii games for the Resident Evil series where they were like shooter games? Maybe we'll get those. Bring those back. No, the type man, of <laughs> I would. Uh, I would actually. We were talking about this together. My wife and I, when we first started dating, would play uh, House of the Dead. Is it House mm-hmm. of the Dead Overkill yeah, the for Dead. the Wii? Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. We had uh, we had the light guns and stuff uh, that you plug the Wii remote into. Like I'd straight up love one of those if they did a good light gun on something. And I know it's not as easy now as like plugging in uh just like a joy con or something well, i guess it could be because we did the vr thing with the the shooting mechanic and i've been i've been talking about galaxy so um yeah light gun some switch stuff for me i want to play some some zombie shooting games let's let's get on this i'd love to get that but come with a like old monitor crt tv so that way it can work <laughs> like the way it's meant to be uh yeah if That'd you guys cool. look into the all these people that want to bring back light guns the what you have to do mm-hmm. to get light guns on an lcd or led tv that's crazy it's kind of really expensive very uh, crazy but L, but vr that's the home of shooter games oh, there's definitely. so many crazy mm-hmm. ones and they're super cheap yeah that's where you want to go well there you go so that is it for news this week we get into the bonus round now uh gentlemen we're going to talk about a big story that was in the news but we're going to break <laughs> it down to a topic and that was the fact that Xbox put out a press release on a Friday, of course. What do you when do you bury the news? Put on a press release on a Friday. Nobody'll pay attention. 
unless you're on Twitter and you're a gamer, and that is Xbox. We're going to increase the price of Xbox Live. They were incremental pricing. It ended up being that essentially was going to go to six months is now the same cost as a full year of Xbox Live. And if you wanted a year, it would essentially be double the current price. They weren't adding any extra features. And this got the internet uh, in a tizzy, including myself, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I I took a stand. Maybe it was like six hours later. They completely reversed uh, course. And along the way, not only did they do that, but then they finally said, Hey, all those free-to-play games that you've been having to pay for on Xbox Live just to play online, those are now free to play. No Xbox Live Gold to play. So where are we actually at the idea of paid services in regards to just playing a game online with your friends? Currently, on PS Plus, it's 60 bucks. It's online, but you get monthly games. Similar to Xbox Live Gold. Very similar, mm-hmm. same price as it used to be, and how it's going to be now. Uh, free-to-play is, uh, those games, free-to-play games are free on PS Plus. You don't need PS Plus service. Uh, Nintendo Online, it's $20 for one person or $35 for a family. It's uh, online is uh, that cost, but you also get the NES, uh, SNES, and some of the extra games that are online for that service. Xbox Live Gold, like we said, $60 a year. And then the only other way you can get online play is you pay for Game Pass Ultimate, $180 a year, but you get Xbox Live, PC, Xbox, Game Pass, and streaming, plus EA Play. And if you're on PC, you don't pay a damn thing. Everything, Stadia, Steam, Uplay Plus, Epic, Luna, and EA Play are all free. And, and with this, we actually got a report that apparently was saying Microsoft needs to find a solution to increase revenue per Xbox user. So ultimately, it feels like this move they made was to push people to Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which was essentially mm-hmm. going to take from $60 a year to $180 a year. So there we are, gentlemen. I laid it out. What are your thoughts about this? Should online gaming be free? Or is there value in paying a service for it? Yeah, it definitely, to me, needs to be free at this point. Like, uh, there was a time when, I'm not even sure if it was a time when, but Xbox was probably, or Microsoft was probably paying for the servers to, like, host game multiplayer games at one point. But now it definitely doesn't make any sense where all the developers, to my knowledge, are using their own servers. They have to in a lot of cases where you're at this point now doing cross-platform, so you need everyone to play together, so you're hosting the servers yourself as they would on, like, PC. So at that point, Xbox is just giving you the Xbox experience, I guess, at that point, friends list and voice chat and mm-hmm. cloud saves. And I don't know, I just think this was a real bad move for them in general. I, Us as gamers, uh, it, maybe it makes sense to move uh, or like uh, gamers that play more games, I guess, makes more sense to try to move you to Game Pass. But most people I know, they're playing one to two games a year. And mm-hmm. like they might be like, oh, I want to I play Resident Evil 5 with my buddy tonight because I haven't done that in a while. They don't want to pay $120 a year to do that like or play Fortnite if they're, as their one game for forever. So yeah. I just don't think it makes sense anymore. And, and it, it... Sorry, it, uh, it was... Uh, I don't think a good move, too, to just uh, get to kind of point to what people were already paying for and say, this all right, this is trash now, cost too much money, so now move over to our cooler thing. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. that's not the way you should be going about it. 
Yeah, I think like on to to that point, I think for for what you get, like Xbox to me has the infrastructure. Um, you know, I've I've played on Switch, which their online is terrible. Anyone that's tried to travel to another island in Animal Crossing, like you know that at that point you're getting what you're paying for, and it's it's not quite worth twenty bucks. I think it's still. <laughs> Kind <laughs> of, you're getting jerked around there a bit. Uh, with with Xbox, it's it's at least yeah reliable. Um, you're you're getting the party chat. The big seamless thing for me that I love is the cloud saves, the backups, all that kind of stuff. That I can literally, I could go in the next room and light my Xbox on fire, pick up a new one tomorrow, and within minutes my my profile and the game saves everything's just there and backed up uh, which which i love and and you know i pay for other things like icloud storage and stuff so my phone is the same way all my photos are backed up and i'm happy to pay for that kind of service even if it didn't mean that's the only way to play online um and i'm glad that this brought around some change to you know if you're just playing fortnite you don't have to have this subscription anymore it did bring some positive change at the end of the day but i also like what were they thinking like you see netflix do this and they're like you know every few months they're like hey we're raising prices by a dollar but we've got a bunch of original content and that's what you're paying for i just got that email from netflix like this week or last week saying like, hey, we're going up a tiny bit in price, but also here's what we're working on and here's what we released this year and here's our next plan and we're doing all this yeah. good stuff. Like, and that's only up by a dollar. These guys are like, hey, we're going to charge you double. Like, double. <laughs> like if they were like, you know, it, hey, we're going to raise prices by 5%, 10%, whatever. Like 100 freaking percent what were they possibly even thinking there? And I know people are saying like, oh, they're trying to push. But like for a company that's been hitting home run after home run after home run with like good PR and for the gamers and like just positive stuff for the last like two years, easy. This was the most tone deaf thing I've seen come out of gaming in a very long time. And it just floored me. Like, Todd, I know you like you kind of got up in our I was too shocked to be angry, uh, <laughs> which is saying something like that was that was my reaction to this. And I'm a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. I've got Game Pass Ultimate up the wazoo for like another year and a half. I'm not worried about this. This does not affect me at all. But I was still so shocked that i couldn't even be angry and now i'm thinking about it and i'm like this is the stupidest thing <laughs> like at the time i was just so but luckily they reversed this quick enough that i never had time to be angry and like i said some good stuff came from it but like mercy how did this get past anything but like a table discussion where some jackass in a suit was like we should double the prices and someone else slapped them for being stupid like how did this go past that like uh you know okay maybe another like two bucks a month or something like that let's let's mm -hmm. change it over time and then maybe next year we'll raise it a tiny bit more or something try to get some people in game pass but like man that's just crazy just yeah, so with tone deaf with ultimate as uh you mentioned you i did the same thing as you i think where 
we just kind of stacked up the three years by transferring mm-hmm. it from mm-hmm. gold. So I paid, what, $120 like a year and a half ago, whatever it was, for mm-hmm. three years. But then you mentioned it's $180 a year. I was like, say what now? So that, exactly. that's, like the, that's the way to actually do it. They got me hooked there. Now I'll keep paying for that once it does actually start charging. Mm-hmm. But then this. Yeah, there's no and there's yeah. no discount for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. There's no like if I get a year, I get a discount. There's not. You pay. Well, what I what I do now um, is wait for sales. Mm-hmm. So you'll see it like every once in a while it'll go on sale and it'll be like three months of Game Pass Ultimate and it's 40 percent off. And I'll buy like, you know, one or two codes. It'll say, you know, two codes per house per household. I'll get the two of them there and just stack it on so like right now again even for christmas my brother gave me i think another three months like i did i think around black friday i got another couple of you know three month cards so uh, again i just keep stacking it that way so i am I'm, I'm never going to pay full price for game pass and i'm convinced that i'm just going to keep getting these cards and i will never pay full price but eventually it might catch up and i'll be like ah shoot here's 180 bucks yeah, you can only stack up to three years. The Xbox right. Access program, apparently you can't stack that and that together. So there's some there's mm. there's going to be a reckoning, I think, and it's going to happen They'll eventually. They'll get you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This is not new for Xbox. They were the pioneers for charging for online. Mm-hmm. They started charging back on the OG Xbox for the service, and it made sense because it was a pioneering. They, Microsoft was not known for servers back in the day, so they used a lot of this money to actually fund those servers. Now everything Xbox does and Microsoft does is server-based. Use Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. Everything's cloud-based. So there's really not a lot of money they actually have to spend to do this. So there's really no expense there. So they're like, our costs have gone up. But you know what? You've already sunk your money into the infrastructure. So for this to actually do online gaming stuff is pretty it's, – it's not expensive to them. Um, but they also <laughs> used to – they used to paywall Netflix. You had to have Xbox Gold right. Live to get Netflix. Oh, so yeah. they're not a, akin to saying we're going to be kind and gentle and do this. Microsoft is not doing any of this stuff to be kind. They want to get as much money out of the consumer, and by giving uh, getting a subscription out of them, gets monthly revenue out of consumers. They're a company. They make billions and trillions of dollars. We have basically milked Microsoft <laughs> at this point with all those deals. But they eventually want $15 a month from you, not a discount yeah. with that full service price. And the fact that they actually got this out there, it wasn't like they snuck this past Phil, you know, Phil Spencer, and he's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. No, Phil knew this, and he's like, how far can we push this? And now it's like, eh, we can still charge 60 bucks, and we're still going to be good, and we're now we're going to give you an olive branch to basically – do what everybody else was doing. I'm mad that they tried to get away with it. They got caught. Microsoft finally decided to see if they could push the button again, and they got pushed back, and I'm glad that they people held them accountable. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. Online is not an uncommon thing anymore, and online is kind of like the new democracy. Everything on PC is free. It's not saying you're going to get a lesser experience now if you don't pay for online. It's basically saying online isn't very expensive to do anymore. So I think we've got to get away with that if you're going to get a much better experience if you pay for it. Now, Nintendo, for some <laughs> reason, they started charging. Their online experience didn't improve, which is just weird and crazy. So I guess where do we go from there? But uh, what do you guys think? Hey, is, is, we, we got an app that you can talk to your friends with if you have a squid dongle. And you can play yes. what? Is it is it three games or <laughs> Mark? <laughs> uh, I think that's being generous. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you think paying for online will be something we're doing in the next five years? 
I don't think so. Especially with like one of the things that you do get, uh, as we talked about earlier, is you do get uh, their system of like friends lists and voice chat and stuff. But uh, most people I know at this point, they're just getting on Discord and then mm-hmm. the, they're not using any of that stuff anyway. So I, I think it's moving in that direction, whether it's Discord or someone else. And then, like you said, on PC, you're getting the online playing for free over there. So I don't think it's going to last much longer. But but you might be paying for, like uh, like you said, Mark, with getting cloud saves or something like that, other features that are not just playing yeah. online. Yeah, I, I don't think this, like the, the monthly subscription thing is going away anytime soon. Of course, Microsoft wants to move people over to Game Pass Ultimate. And the easy way is to say, you know, uh, like the values there like you don't need to have like the xbox live uh, online multiplayer aspect of it like there's access to over a hundred great games that you can instantly download whenever you want uh, especially when they have the uh, x cloud streaming and streaming from your console and all that kind of stuff running on ios devices is going to be a huge get for them whether it's through an app and apple finally smartens up and lets them do that or they're running through a browser however they figure it out that's just going to be added value uh if they're continuing with xbox live as a standalone service i think yeah exactly what you just said like i think changing the message of what you're getting with that Stop focusing on, oh, this allows you to play online. Like, who cares at this point? That is such table stakes. But being able to say online backups, reliable, this, you know, like, uh, plus you're getting, even with gold, you're still getting free games. So say, you know, every month you're guaranteed to get $60 worth of free games or $120 worth of free games for your, uh, you know, your subscription or whatever it is, right? Like they, they always have the price amount on the games that they give away every month um i think there's other ways to message this and i think it's time for the marketing teams behind these things to be like you know what everyone knows that online gaming can be free here there and everywhere here's what xbox live gold offers and i think it's focusing on all those other things that are quality of life of hey your Xbox series consoles are basically high-end PCs or or mid-range PCs, but there's a lot of shit that can go wrong. Don't you want that to be backed up safely in the cloud? Yes, I do. Cool. Give me 60 bucks a year. Thumbs up. But you know, like it's that kind of stuff that like we're used to paying for those services with our cell phones or with this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. We're used to paying subscription services with Netflix and you know, Crave, Hulu, wherever you are, whatever is there. Um, there are so many other ways to spin these services rather than saying like, oh, pay us to play online with your friend. Like, frig off. Um, there's so many more things that they can be focusing on that these services already offer uh, that personally, again, I'm happy to pay for this ongoing for backups, for free games, for whatever that – I don't even think that this is what lets me play Fortnite with my nephew. Like that's not a thought. So stop talking about it. Like they, they need to market this better. Yeah. And it's funny because actually Mark, I'm going to correct you actually. Uh, Xbox uh, basically backup saves are free. You don't need Xbox live gold. Well, they should oh, change yeah. that. They're the pioneer. Cause <laughs> I will say that's, that's where Nintendo online and PS plus they fail because you have to pay for your backup online. Which is dumb. Well, so yeah, that I'll, is dumb. But at least uh, you know you're 
it's one of those things that you could add to that and just make a little bit value added. Like I get that from a marketing standpoint, like, and it's not free to store my backup and cloud saves and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm happy paying for that. So you just broke me. So I don't know. Everything I just said is wrong. It might be more space, I would guess. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So well, Google Drive, you get five gigabytes free. They could just get it from Xbox, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 What is it? OneDrive? You know, with your OneDrive account, you get the free backup. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think everybody needs to fix their online, uh, you know, scenario because Nintendo finally mm-hmm. charged you for online. PlayStation start with PS4, so I think we just need to move forward and just, yeah, reposition the value of these services and what they bring, and, mm. you know, I think people would be fine with the, nin- the Nintendo Flix, or whatever they call that, with basically the Nest Flix, because you're getting mm-hmm. a value with that service to play those games. With PS Plus, you get a lot of value with those, you know, four games or three games they give you a month, and same thing with games with gold, but yeah, I think we could see all this change, and I hope we do, because putting those barriers on to the people that, like, you know, if you buy a kid an Xbox series Series S or One uh, S, and he just wants to play Fortnite with his buddies. Don't charge him $120 to do it. Yeah, I'm happy that's free now. I do. I, I agree as well. We want to say thank you to Sean for joining us. Great to have you on. We want people to check you out. So how can they do that online? Yeah, it was great being here. Thank you very much. I'd love to come back. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Sean Madigan. S E A N M A D I G A N. Um, you can check me out on the music services like Spotify, uh, Apple Play, whatever it is, uh, or Google Play, um, at Sean Madigan or my band, The Knives of Kwan Su. Maybe we could put a song of yours at the end so people can hear what you sound like. Oh, definitely. That'd be great. With that, though, uh, Mark, tell people how they can find Secret Friends and Co-op Mode Podcast. Oh, mercy. I was just following Sean. Okay, uh, back to it. Okay, you can follow us on Twitter at co underscore op mode underscore pod. You can follow Todd at Tioxtra and myself at the underscore Canardian. Of course, we appreciate you leaving any kind of reviews for podcasts, so leave an Apple podcast review. However, if you do that, make sure you screenshot it and send it to us because I can't see United States reviews and Todd cannot see Canadian reviews. So it's great for us to know when there is a review left in whatever country you are in. Um, we also have some shirts and swag and a whole bunch of other fun stuff over at Public. So search us there, Secret Friends Unite. Uh, there's a, a whole network of stuff. So Code 47, Secret Friends Unite proper, uh, Holocron Chronicles, uh, which we talked about here, and of course, co-op mode. So you can find merch for all of us over on T Public. I just want to say we did get a review recently. Yes, and I want to read it because this is from a friend of mine, uh, a.k.a. Dr. Dangler, Sean Seitz. He says, The Secret Friends Co-op series is an excellent review and evaluation of games in the gaming community. The hosts are fun and witty, making the series a lot of fun. And he says it's all that in the back. Chips, five star. So thank you, Sean Seitz, for that review. Thank you. That's great. Sean's are great. Sean, whether it's S-H-A-W-N, S-E-A-N, I've had so many Sean's that have been important in my life. We love all Sean's. So I guess that's it. So, Sean, thank you for joining us. Mark, thank you for being an excellent co-host. And as always, folks, it's always better to game together.